you're you're constantly going to the word, but you're going to it looking to extrapolate something to then feed someone else. And so you have to remember that the word is a person as well. And so there has to be a relationship where you're not always going in need of, you're not always going asking for. So you're not treating God like a business partner where you're like, okay, I need the next revelation, the next scripture, the next idea, the next topic. There has to be time when you're just enjoying his presence. And so I think that's the, the key really for spiritual rest. How often are you going into times with God simply to be with God? Welcome to the All Things Beloved podcast with me, Christina Patterson, where we speak with real women about real faith in a real God. This is a safe place to have honest conversations about faith, life, relationships, purpose, and well, all things beloved. Thank you so much for joining today's conversation. Be sure to share with a friend and enjoy the show. Hello, beloved, and welcome to another episode of the video podcast here on Beloved Women called All Things Beloved, where we chat about faith, family, life, ministry, and well, all things beloved. I am so excited to introduce today's guest to you. Uh, she's a friend of mine. I mentored with her last year a little bit. Her name is Dr. Sandra Dalton Smith, and she is a board certified internal medicine physician, speaker, and author. She is an international wellness expert featured in numerous media outlets, including Prevention, MSNBC, Women's Day, Fox, Fast Company, Psychology Today, Inc., CNN, and as a guest on the Dr. Oz Show. She is the author of numerous books, including her new book, Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, Restore Your Sanity. That includes groundbreaking insight on the seven types of rest needed to optimize your productivity, increase your overall happiness, overcome burnout, and last but not least, live your best life. Yes. Thank you so much for that. Welcome to the show, Dr. Sandra Smith. Thank you. Excited to be here. All right. So I like to give all of our guests the opportunity to share in their own words who you are and what you do. We, we get the, you know, all of the professional bio, but we want to hear from you. Yeah. I'm a mama of two teen boys. Um, one in ninth grade, one in 11th grade, married for 20 years, awesome. living near Birmingham, Alabama, and just loving the new adventures God takes me on every day. I love it. And uh, so I wanted to talk today about your book, Sacred Rest. And I wanted to ask why the word sacred? Can you tell us what that means and why it was important to have that as the adjective for rest in the title of your book? Well, for me, it was because I spent so many years treating it as if it was something I could get to when I felt like it. Mm. It wasn't something that I cherished. It wasn't something that I put any value or worth on. I put all of the worth on work mm -hmm. and I looked at rest as well. You know, if I get to it, great. If I don't, no big deal. Right. And you know, when I burned out, I really saw just how sacred rest is, how important and valuable it is and how much we have to cherish it. We have to prioritize right. it and really make space for it in our lives. Yeah. As you start the book off, you share a very personal story about finding yourself on the floor 
you know, mm-hmm. needing rest, exhausted, overwhelmed. Can you share us, share with us about that experience and why it was such a turning point for you on your journey to personal sacred rest? Yeah, that day is weird because I don't, you know, it's one of those things where every day was exhausting. So I don't right. know what happened that day, but it was, you hear people say it was the straw that broke the Campbell's back. That's kind right. of what it felt like. It was just the last, I was at the end of myself. It, yeah. I didn't feel like I had any more energy. And I remember getting done with work that day mm-hmm. and picking up the kids from daycare. And once I got them in the car, I was just like, I just need a break. I don't, I didn't yeah. at the time my boys were toddlers, you know, so I was like, you know, I don't feel like doing any of the mommy stuff. I just need to lay down. I'm exhausted. So mm-hmm. I put them in front of the TV and that's what I did. I just laid down on the floor <laughs> in the foyer of my house, at, you know, at the front door. So I could kind of see them over there and know they were still okay. Right. But I just needed to lay down. Yeah. And I was laying on that floor. And I just remember when I was laying there, I was like, God, this is, you know, this is what I've been praying for. Mm-hmm. I've been praying for this career. I've been, I mean, as a physician, you're in training for the career forever. Right. <laughs> it was a long process to get that degree. And so that's what I've been hoping for and praying for. And I had the kids that I wanted and the man that I prayed for God for and the house and the car and the bank account and all those things that I said I wanted. And I was in the middle of that feeling like, if this is what I've been praying for, I really don't want it. Yeah, It's not what I thought it was going to be. It's It doesn't feel good. It, it's not fulfilling me. I'm not satisfied. I'm not happy. And, you know, in that moment, as I was laying on the floor, I just felt like Holy Spirit for the first time was like, this is the first time you've stopped and even asked me about any of this. Mm. And it was such kind of a a hit to my mm-hmm. spirit because I could, I was a good Christian girl. I was teaching right. Bible study and doing all these oh, things. Wow. And, you know, so it wasn't like I was living in sin and all this happened. You know, I was I was living what I felt like was what God had called me to do. I was you know, incorporating scripture within my work. I was, you know, leading Bible studies on the weekend, having people over into our homes. We were, my husband and I were doing so much stuff and it feels so unsatisfied. And Mm -hmm. to really see that, you know, honestly, all my busyness wasn't honoring God. It actually wasn't even doing what he told me to do, which is to understand the need that we all have for rest. I mean, that's why it's the only commandment that says, remember because he knows we're oh, wow. gonna forget we once we get busy doing all of our stuff yeah and in your book you talk about the seven different types of rest i want to read to the audience what those seven types are there's physical rest mental rest emotional rest spiritual rest social rest sensory rest and creative rest and you have a quiz at restquiz.com where mm-hmm. people can go and take this assessment and see uh, what type of rest deficit that they have, you know, and you, you kind of categorize it and give points for each level of rest and where they rank. So I took the quiz today and I, uh, I ranked very high in one particular area mm-hmm. and it was emotional rest and it it hit me because I was like man that feels right but I couldn't put words to what that meant because we so often feel like rest is just I just need to sleep Mm -hmm. 
Um, and we associate that more with like the physical rest, maybe the, the first rest um, that's mentioned in the list of the types of rest. But can you explain, help, help a sister out, what is this emotional rest that I am lacking in and, and how can we get it? Yeah, well, emotional rest was one that I was lacking in, too. That was a big okay. one for me. Emotional rest, really, you first have to take into account where are you expending emotional energy? Because okay. I think a lot of times we don't really realize how much emotional labor some of mm -hmm. our work involves. You know, right. places where you may have to control your emotions because you're needing for other people not to be upset. Mm. Um, places where you, for example, um, I'll just use myself as an example, situations mm. where maybe there's a hard situation where I'm telling somebody that they have cancer and oh. this is somebody I care about. It's a patient I may have been treating for the past 20 years. Yeah. And so a part of me almost feels like crying as I'm telling them, but that's not appropriate. So part of the emotional labor is I can't actually honor or even recognize my own feelings mm. because it would not be beneficial for this other person. Right. So I need to do the emotional heavy lifting of containing my own emotions. So as the other person doesn't have to deal with them. Now we do this all through in many different levels. Some people do that as part of their profession. Right. Some people do that as part of their existence with family and friends. Mm -hmm. So you may be upset, worried, you know, pressured in different ways, but your kids would never know because you're going to keep that emotional labor of kind of making sure that by the time they see your emotions, that it's all prettied up. You know, mm -hmm. they don't see the, the distress or the pain or the or grief or whatever it may be. Same with your spouse and same with friends. And so some people have gotten so used to kind of controlling their emotions that it's very difficult for them to be authentic. And that's what emotional rest looks like. It's that authenticity, that ability to, to feel the liberty and the freedom of saying your emotions as they are without having to dress them up or put them, put makeup on them so other people can more easily digest it. You're mm -hmm. able to just kind of really be very truthful about where you're at. And so I find that that's hard for some people. And then the other part of that includes the people pleasing behavior that some people just naturally seem more attuned to doing. Yeah. So they take on even more emotional labor because they they fear telling people no. And so they assume a lot of yeses, which then make them feel guarded and not able to share their truth or set up healthy personal boundaries. So there's a lot of layers to that emotional rest. Component, mm -hmm. And it really just kind of depends on, you know, where you're using a lot of your emotional energy. Right. And so I love that you um, explained that there are, are reasons like you talk about in your profession or dealing with your kids where your emotions do need to be controlled um but then you expound and say but they don't need to be ignored and so exactly. how yeah how can we um find the time in the space where 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 is that healthy space in those situations to express our emotions what what would that look like uh in a healthy way to get them out or, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, so first of all, I think everybody needs to have at least one person in your life where you can have emotional rest with. Okay. Now that person may be someone you pay for. <laughs> right, a right. Therapist. It could be a pastor. It could be a trusted friend, a family member, but it's right. helpful to have that person. What I'm finding is most people don't have that person. They, mm -hmm. they, all of their relationships are with people where they feel like they should protect them from their emotions. Mm 
Right. And so when that's the situation, then you have to look at how am I going to process through my emotions? Mm -hmm. Am I going to have dedicated time with God where I, you know, maybe pour it out to him in prayer and give time to process through it? Or am I going to write it out? Maybe I'm going to journal and I'm going to, you know, mm -hmm. kind of, kind of what I say, purge out whatever the emotions are without judging them initially, but just getting them out of you. And then coming back to them maybe the next day to look at what's at the root of that. Because sometimes, you know, a lot of these rests kind of can can merge together. One of mm -hmm. the things I find is people who have emotional rest deficits sometimes also have a bit of mental rest deficit. And mm -hmm. that when they try to go to sleep at night, their mind is ruminating over like conversations they had. Mm -hmm. um, I'll give you an example. If if someone says, um, wow, I I thought I thought you would have come up with a better idea than that at your job. Mm -hmm. And so you're, and they're like, try, you know, let's meet back again, you know, next week and see if and brainstorm this again. Well, you may leave that situation thinking, feeling kind of like a failure, feeling like, man, I was horrible at that or or kind of running through all these insecurities. So what could I have done home, better? Yeah. Oh, like, how could I have fixed it? How could I have done it better? So you go home that night, you're trying to go to sleep and your head is still replaying what that person said to you. Mm -hmm. So what I tell people is don't don't just try to, you know, write down what that person said to you, because the real issue isn't what that person said to us to you is how did that person make you feel? Right. Because what they said awoken something that's an area that emotionally you haven't addressed. So mm -hmm. write down how that person made you feel. That's part of the emotional rest. You've then placed it somewhere where the next morning during your time of prayer with God and as you're you know, in communion with Holy Spirit, you can say, mm -hmm. God, what what part of me, what part of me is so wounded that this that caused this to hurt? Yeah. And then you can address that. You can deal with that. Are you dealing with an, you know, a feeling like God's playing favorites and you're not on right. his list? Or, you know, what is yeah. it that you're dealing with that's causing you to have those feelings? You don't need to process that as you're going to bed because that's not beneficial. You won't mm -hmm. sleep. But you do need to get it out of you so that you then don't take that into your entire night and just mull over those emotional feelings. Right. Right. Now, do you find that that women um, mostly deal with emotional rest deficit? Is that like Honestly, a big I'm finding that it's pretty equal. OK, uh, you'd be amazed. Uh, I do a lot of um, I've had a lot of opportunities to do these men's groups, particularly mm -hmm. virtually since COVID. Right. So, you know, there are a lot of men's groups that have come up where men ha are recognizing really that they are dealing with this sometimes even more than women, because right. women will get will have their group of women friends sometime or that one or two trusted friends where they can get that emotional rest with because they feel safe in their vulnerability. Whereas mm -hmm. sometimes men have never been trained to be vulnerable. Right. And so, you know, they've always been told you're a boy, buck up, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that's girls, you don't cry kind of thing. And so sometimes they actually deal with this a little bit more, but it's, a, it's kind of hidden. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost seen as not acceptable because that's, not manly to allow mm -hmm. your emotions to be, you know, expressed. And I think that's why we're seeing such a wave of mental health within the with men and, and the need for mental health awareness with men, especially since everything that happened with COVID, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it really hit because people who have not learned some coping mechanisms with how to get effective emotional rest, 
they really had a hard time because now yeah. the people that you may have stood around the water cooler with, you know, whatever at work and got a little taste of emotional a little bit. And that was snatched away oh, from you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And speaking of COVID um, and I remember when everything started to shut down last year thinking, oh, I might be able to get more rest. Things might kind of slow down a little bit. And I felt like things picked up because I felt mm -hmm. like with Zoom and with virtual and this kids are virtual, um, everything was so we were just so accessible, you know, to being present, even virtually, even if it wasn't mm -hmm. physically. Um, and I think there was this kind of like thought that it would be less draining because there's this vir virtual aspect, but the work involves still takes energy from you, you know? And yeah. um, so we have, we still have these busy schedules. We still have these responsibilities, you know, like we, we get rest is sacred, rest is important. Um, how do we make time for rest and put rest first? W one thing that I really liked that you pointed out in the book is that um, with, with creation, I think, and correct me, you know, if I'm not wording it right, but it was like rest came first. Like it was mm -hmm. prioritized, prioritized first. How can we do that when we do have these real demands and pressures and responsibilities and bills that aren't going anywhere <laughs> if we rest? <laughs> You yes. are invited to Beloved Conference 2021 this August 6th and 7th. Our two-day online event is a weekend filled with speakers, worship, fellowship, and more to replenish busy women with the love of Jesus Christ and the truth of God's word. Join us to find rest for your soul, peace for your mind, and hope for your journey right from the comfort of your home by registering today at BelovedConference.org. Yes, I totally get that. And you're right for, for my because that's a mindset that I had as well. So um, during this process, what happened, you know, after I got up off that floor was um, God took me to a period where I spent a very long time going through Genesis. Okay. And it was in that Genesis process, as you mentioned in the beginning, where it talks about, you know, the six day man's created and on the seventh day God rested. Well, you know, it took me a while after going through that over and over again to actually see that, you know, the man's actually first full day on the earth because mm -hmm. the man was created after the animals. So our first full day, sun mm -hmm. up to sun down, was a day of rest. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, on the first day, God spoke to man and told them who they were and you have dominion and multiply, basically commissioned them, gave them the job right. description. But before the work is actually done, which is the next chapter of Genesis <laughs> after mm -hmm. chapter one, is all about rest. Mm. And so that's the same with our lives. You know, many times we think about rest as we're going to work till we, you know, earn our rest. We're going to work, work, work. And when we get that's enough good. work done, then we'll rest. Well, the work is never all done. There's always mm -hmm. something that can be done, but we have to have regular periods where we are restoring so that we're working from a place of rest. Right now, most of us are working from our place of depletion. So we're producing, but we're producing from our emptiness and mm. we're not actually producing from our highest level of capacity and our highest feeling, even spiritually, emotionally, mentally, creatively, physically, any of those areas. We're not pouring out of the fullness. We're pouring out of the emptiness. Mm. And so what we're giving people is actually not our very best. 
-hmm. And it's not what, what God is able to allow us to give when we see the value of actually beginning from a place of rest. So I don't mean to that you have to go take a, you know, monster sabbatical for a silent retreat for 15 you know weeks and then go out into ministry. No, what I'm talking about is you have to start applying rest as a as a rhythm, as a pattern for how you're living your day-to-day life. So it needs to be something that's sustainable, more than just a vacation because that's how we've been t- telling people for years, if you feel burned out, go take a vacation. But that's not sustainable. That's only a specific period of time. So in the book, as I'm talking about rest, you'll notice most of the type of things that I talk about to get these different types of rest are things you can do in the middle of your day. There's things that you can, there's things you can do while you have the kids, There's things you can do while you're on the Zoom sessions. Now, you know, you mentioned about COVID and how that has kind of, how that whole shutdown kind of really kind of brought all of this to the forefront. Main reason being, most of us have always had in the back of our mind, if I could ever get a job where I could work from home, oh, mm-hmm. that's my life. You know, <laughs> I'd be able to stay in my pajamas and work all day, and I'm just going right. to feel so great because I'm all at home. And then when that happened, and we had a month or two of doing that, we realized just how much, how how many boundaries that are working outside of the home automatically erected for us. Mm-hmm. That actually protected us in a way from becoming exhausted. And right. so when those boundaries were broken down and then we were responsible for erecting work-life boundaries and integrating work-life in a way that's healthy, most of us had no clue how to do that. We mm-hmm. never learned how to do our own work-life integration. So they just kind of collided in each other, into each other rather than in- integrating into each other. And so a lot of people felt more burned out (laughs) during the pandemic because (laughs) everything was like there were no boundaries. There was all collided. The kids, the husband, the business, the cooking, everything, everything you can church, everything you can think of hit Mm -hmm. one building. And it was the one you lived in home, (laughs) home. Exactly. And so what we're finding is that now people are understanding that it wasn't about just being home. It was about home was a boundary that was automatically erected separate from work. Mm-hmm. And now that you that people see that, we now really can get a better understanding of how important personal boundaries are and mm-hmm. having some of those naturally in place, regardless of where the work is taking place. Right, right. And um, that was important. And, it, and it's interesting because I was listening to the audio book last year during COVID of Sacred Rest. and when you talk about working from a place of rest instead of deficit, that was a mind shift for me because I, like you and many other people was like, well, when I work enough and I feel like I deserve it or when I get everything done, then I'll sit down, you know? And then Mm -hmm. it's like you, it's like work, home, online school. There is no ever getting everything done. (laughs) if, If I wait to rest, I will never rest and so i just connected so much with that concept in your book um the the last type of rest i wanted to talk about uh since you know we're a faith-based organization is spiritual rest Mm -hmm. because i think um a lot of christians may feel like what spiritual rest i need jesus all day every day what what are you talking about spiritual rest What, what is this spiritual rest i need yeah, you know, that's one that is always very tricky. And it's it's very yeah. funny because uh, pastors 
Mm-hmm. I speak to pastor leadership groups. Most of them are like, I'm good with spiritual rest. We can just skip right over that one. <laughs> you know, but but what I find is in what what most of them will admit to, you know, once we start talking about it, because really sp- um, spiritual rest is at the core, not about religion. Right. It's more about the intimacy part of relationship with God. And so when I'm talking to these pastors and leaders and people who are, you know, well-versed in the Bible and they know all the scripture and all of that, I sometimes have to remind them that, you know, when you're, especially if you're in any kind of ministry, that when you get to a place where you're using the word of God all the time and you're, you're researching through it for mm-hmm. revelation and to teach other people and to share with other people, that sometimes it can almost start feeling like a textbook. Right. And so you're you're constantly going to the word, but you're going to it, looking to extrapolate something to then feed someone else. And so you have to remember that the word is a person as well. And so there has to be a relationship where you're not always going in need of. You're not always going asking for. So you're not treating God like a business partner where you're like, okay, I need the next revelation, the next scripture, the next idea, the next topic. There has to be time when you're just enjoying his presence. And so I think that's the the key really for spiritual rest. How often are you going into times with God simply to be with God? Mm. That's the, that was the garden experience. That was that seventh day. They weren't there with an agenda. They hadn't even started any work. They didn't even know what the work problems would even look like. They were simply there to experience God and to be in his presence and to allow who he is to be revealed through his presence and through that time of intimacy. And so we have to get back to really an appreciation of the presence of God and time just in intimacy with him where we're not rattling off our prayer requests. We're not you know, going over our agenda, we're not coming with a specific request, other than I just want more of you. Mm. Oh, that is so beautiful. And that does seem like a good, restful place to be not always having to think about what am I going to ask for? What do I need? And, you know, and just being like, I just enjoy being in your presence, Lord, and and the rest that that the spiritual rest that that can truly provide for us. Um, And especially as writers and um, any, you know, ministry leaders out there that you know, I know for me, like I, I'm looking in the scriptures and I'm like, okay, I got this blog post that's due or this teaching that's due. I do need a word, you know, mm-hmm. and I know um, I did a, Beth Moore had did kind of a workshop for young women, Bible teachers. And that was the one thing that she honed in is that you have that personal time with God first, and then you search the scriptures for your next sermon or, you know, teaching or whatever. And Mm -hmm. so it was that, you know, get that spiritual rest first, and then you go into whatever that um, ministry work actually looks like. It has to come from somewhere, you know? Right. So I'm glad that you had that. Um, As a author, I know for me um, that when I'm writing on a topic, God always tests me in that area. It it never fails. It's like, he's like, Christina, you cannot go out and teach this until you lived it. And I'm like, so I would be interested to know um, what is one personal thing or the one of the most personal things that God taught you as you were writing this book. And he's constantly like, he's he's still constantly teaching me in this process. It's the the number one thing is to trust him. Mm. That that has been the that has been the core of this entire 
journey with him is yeah. do you do you really trust me because there will be times when you know even now i have booked deadlines and they'll like i have to get this chapter written by this time and and i'm exhausted and i'm like god i gotta i gotta sit down and grind this chapter out and i'll just feel holy spirit kind of impressed on me no you need to go take a nap and i'm like but i'm not going to finish and so then I'll say, oh, okay, you know, <laughs> kind of like Peter, at your word, I'm going to go lay my head in this bed and hopefully I can get this chapter written out tomorrow. And there have been days that I do that and I wake up the next morning and I, and, and when I say words flow like a river, it's mm -hmm. like, I can't get the words on the paper fast enough, whole chapters written in like two hours. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> and I know that's not me. Right. You know, I, I'm very clear. I, I, I know what I can do in my own strength. Mm -hmm. I know that that there's there's something else propelling that um, talks. Sometimes I'll be like a keynote presentation that'll come up or something, yeah. and I'll be like, "Okay, God, I need a word. I need a word." And I'm like, like grinding my teeth trying to get a word, and I can't. I'm not getting anything, and I'll have that same, you know, just just sit with me. Uh, that's the same impression. It's middle of the day. Just sit with me. Can you just sit with me and stop? Stop demanding something from me. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, God, forgive me. Uh, forgive me. Uh, yes, I need, to, uh, and I'll just stay there. I'll stay there and I'll, you know, worship or sing. Sometimes I just, uh, the word says, be still and know what I do yeah. when, I, when I'm thinking of that. I have this big cush, like recliner in my house. Mm -hmm. I lay my head up against the recliner and I close my eyes and I think of my head up against the heart of God. And I say, God, just, I'm just, I'm going to stay here till I hear what you're saying in this moment. And I might be there for a minute or two hours or yeah. however long it takes. I don't move from that spot till I know that he that he is more than just this superficial thing out there, but that he is someone who is intimate with me. Yeah. And so and every time I leave those moments, I'm like, sometimes it'll, the talk might be the next day. Wow. And I'm like, I don't have a talk. So I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but I, I feel good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't feel stressed. I don't feel anxious. I feel good. And I'll wake up the next morning and I'll get wake up in the bed and an entire an entire keynote presentation will mm -hmm. drop in my head and I'll sit there in the bed and I'll scribble down all the notes, deliver it. And people are like, wow, that was awesome. And I'm sitting here thinking, God, if they only knew. Right. If they only knew. <laughs> you know, wow. If they only knew the power of trusting you mm -hmm. and how well you are able to equip us when we truly just take you at your word that we can rest in you and that you will empower us for whatever work that you give us, whatever that you put in front of us, you will empower us and give us everything we need in the moment yeah. that we don't have to be so humanly prepared that we can be spiritually prepared mm. just by taking, just by honoring his, his call for rest. Oh man, you, you speak all into my life right now. And, <laughs> and I love that you gave, practical ways to do that because I have been feeling like God is like, okay, just be in my presence. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm here. What are we going to do? Like, <laughs> what are we going to say? You know, and just that permission to just, okay, let's just be still mm -hmm. and, let's see, and, and not moving until you feel released, you know? Yes. Yes. That's a huge, and that's a huge part of it. And I, let me tell you, that didn't come overnight. Right. <laughs> that, took, that took some time. That took, I remember that I actually talk about it in the book. The very first time that happened when I stepped upon a stage at an at a event that was a big deal for me mm -hmm. because I was like it was a, a group of other physicians and I was going to you know give a presentation that was supposed to help kind of bring them together. 
because everybody was kind of not really enjoying any emotional raft or anything else. They had their their white coat persona on. Yeah. And I remember stepping about the second my foot hit that first step, I felt Holy Spirit say, we're not giving that talk. <laughs> not we're now. Give it because <laughs> that's the one I got the PowerPoint for. <laughs> have any other talk right. and I and I and I remember the in the very first thing that came to mind was just share your heart and I started sharing my heart and next thing I know I was like this song came to mind and I was like god I'm not gonna sing in front of these people and I and that's all I could feel was this song so I said well I just want to share this song with you and then we can go into you know go into my presentation because I didn't know anything else to, to talk about I started sharing that song and when I say the presence of God fell in that room, I don't know another way to say it. Mm-hmm. Women literally laid on the floor and just wept. Doctors? Doctors, and surgeons. They, oh. Yes. This is a, a medical conference for women oh where they the, the, the event planners had asked me, they said, we need a time where these women can just kind of heal. They're going through some hard, tough stuff. Mm-hmm. But when I walked in the room, everybody was on guard. Everybody was like all up in their in their in themselves, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm Dr. Such and such head of, you know, chief of staff at such and such. And so everybody was in that mindset. Mm -hmm. And so when I got up there and I started singing and and kind of just sharing and the the song was was um, Jesus at the center of it all. Oh, wow! It wasn't like it wasn't like like happy or anything. Right. (laughs) That was universal. It was Jesus at the center of it all. Um, and I sang that and women laid out, women were crying and when it got over and then I did the presentation. So after that moment was over, okay, everybody got into their seat and I, and I said something, I don't even know what I said. And I did the presentation that I had the PowerPoint for because that's all I knew to do at that point. Right. And when it was over, I, I, um, the women were supposed to go out and get into small groups mm-hmm. and I watched these women who before were all sitting wherever they wanted they all grouped up and they all did exactly what the event planner wanted. And when I went and visited my friend after that, I was, we were walking down the street in Philadelphia and I told her, I said, I don't know what happened at this conference. I just did that. And, and, and behind me, someone said, I know what just happened. You obeyed God. Oh, and I turn around and I'm like, and she's like, I was there. Mm-hmm. She goes, I can tell you now that was nothing but God. Yeah. And I was sitting here thinking, you know, everything in my natural mind is telling me you don't do that. Right. You don't do that. We're full of doctors. You don't right. do that. But that's what it took for those women to actually get to a place of healing. And it took trusting him and letting go of my own fears and letting go of my own, you know, insecurities and all of these things. And that's been that's been the primary journey God's had me on. Can you trust me and 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 kind of break out of all these? limitations you put on yourself. Mm, I love and and in that trusting him and just being authentic with whatever that looks like, you invited all those women to do the same thing. And I think that's what happened. Yeah. yeah. And and you've done that in your book and um in all the other resources that you you put out. And I thank you for that because it's it's definitely been personally helpful for me, you know, type A businesswoman, ambitious, <laughs> ready to go, don't want to stop, <laughs> you know? I um, feel you. Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Do you have any final words of encouragement um, to give our beloved sisters who are overwhelmed and exhausted? 
I would say just to start the process of identifying your personal areas of rest. I know Christina mentioned the restquiz.com. That's a great place to start just to see which of the seven types of rest you might be most efficient in. Because what I'm finding is if you just try to get more sleep, that's not going to fix most of these other types of rest. So if you're not intentional about getting rest in the place where you're actually deficient, you can spend a lifetime doing restful, restorative activities and still not get to the place of feeling restored. And so just really be mindful of that and then get to a place of, of evaluating your trust rest relationship. Because sometimes our failure to really rest well is because there are places we're not trusting God yet. And so be really just very real with yourself. Are there places that you're not trusting God? For myself, I didn't trust God with, with my finances and my income and with keeping up all of that. So I felt like I had to keep working and keep pushing and grinding to make sure that every all the I's were dotted and T's were crossed and everything got done. And what that did was it led me to a place where I was producing, but I was producing from a place of emptiness. And that emptiness eventually got to a place where it depleted me. And that prayer is that none of you ever get to that place. But if you do feel like right now that, that you're at that place, that while you are, are at your lowest, that you let God come in and meet you there, that you let him come in and start to, to love you back to life and to show you the value of yourself and your own personal worth and why you don't have to prove anything to need to get the rest you need. That is already a gift that he's invited you into. And all you've got to do is receive it. I love that. What? Dr. Sandra, would you mind closing us out in prayer and, and praying for our sisters as well? Sure. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this gift of rest. We thank you that we are your beloved and that you love us enough to not leave us in our places of exhaustion, yes. that you have allowed us opportunities to be able to come before you, to be filled in our mind, our bodies, our spirits, to be able to have our relationships healed, our creativity, our senses every area, our emotions, every area, God, that we can get fatigued, that you have made a way for those places to be renewed and to be restored. And we just ask God that you will give us the courage to rest, the courage to be able to place limits and boundaries on things that we may try to do to stay in, in, in alignment with the world. God, you've called us to be set apart from the world. Help us to be able to honor your need for Sabbath and help us to be able to, to see how you will move us forward as we trust you more. We ask God that for every woman that's represented, that she will become a, a beacon of light even within her family to show her children and her spouse and those that she loves how to rest well and how resting well will actually help each and every one of them to glorify you all the more. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, your prayer and the work that you're putting into helping um, our beloved sisters find their sacred rest. Thank you. Now, how can we connect with you? How, how can our beloved sisters connect with you outside the podcast? Uh, my main website is at IChooseMyBestLife.com and they are welcome to connect with me there. Um, as well as they can feel free to shoot me an email at support at drdaltonsmith.com. Thank you so much. Beloved sisters, thanks so much for watching. I highly recommend that you get Dr. Sandra's book, Sacred Rest. Um, take the quiz. We're going to put all the links that you need uh, to connect with uh, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith in the description of this video. If this 
interview was an encouragement to you, would you do us a favor and share it with a friend? Because you just never know who might need some beloved encouragement today. As always, thank you so much for watching. And until next time, be beautiful, be blessed and be loved.